0: This is Herb Montgomery, and I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who are supporting the work of Renewed Heart Ministries. It's people like yourself that enable us to exist and to be a positive resource in our world in the work of survival, resistance, liberation, restoration, and transformation. If you're unfamiliar with Renewed Heart Ministries, we are a not-for-profit group that is passionate about centering a set of values and ethics and the experiences of those on the undersides and margins of our society. Informed also by the sayings and the teachings of the historical Jewish Jesus of Nazareth. If you'd like to support our work, I'll tell you how you can do so at the end of this podcast. But for now, we simply want to thank you for listening. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 197 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. This will actually be our last podcast before December 25th this year, and it will be our last podcast of 2016. Uh, Traditionally, I take the time between Christmas and New Year's and spend it with my family after traveling the the entire rest of the year. Uh, This one week I take and, and spend it with them. It's a good time of year to do that. And, and that means that the next time you hear me or you read an e site from Renewed Heart Ministries, it will be a whole new year, it'll be 2017. And so I want to wish each one of you a happy holidays, whatever holiday you celebrate this time of year, and uh, a very happy new year. Our hope for you is that 2017 will be a year, uh, it will be a year of work, but it'll also be a year that brings us closer to making our world a safer, more just, more compassionate home uh, for all of us. Episode 197, our title this week is The Jaundiced Eye Darkens the Body's Light. And our featured text is Seng's Gospel Q 1134-35. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is generous, your whole body is radiant. But if your eye is jaundiced, your whole body is dark. So if the light within you is dark... How great must that darkness be? Our companion text, Matthew six twenty-two through 23 The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then, the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? And Luke eleven thirty four through thirty five, your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. And Gospel of Thomas twenty four uh, verse three, light exists inside a person of light, and he shines on the whole world. If he does not shine. There is darkness. Uh, to begin, our saying this week uses metaphors that are rooted in ableism and I'm going to give you a link to a Wikipedia article on ableism uh, in the e Site this week. Uh, fish don't know they're wet and able-bodied people often don't realize how ableist uh, they are being. Uh, but acknowledge it we we must uh, because this is the first step toward change and uh, naming injustice is a primary step toward uh, taking action that reverses injustice. In the article I'm going to to link for you, uh, it states, In ableist societies, able-bodiedness is viewed as the norm. People with disabilities are understood as those that deviate from the norm. Disability is seen as something to overcome or to fix, for example, through medical intervention. The ableist worldview holds that disability is an error- or a failing rather than a consequence of human diversity akin to race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or gender. And again, I'll put a link to that. So with this in mind, let's look at what this week's saying was attempting to teach. And we'll start with uh, the lamp of the body is the eye. In the first century Jewish culture, people believed that a person possessed either light or darkness within them. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-seven: 27, the human spirit is the lamp of Yahweh that sheds light on one's inmost being. In our saying this week, Jesus uses the eyes as a symbol for determining whether what is inside his listeners is truly light or whether it's really darkness. Um, This is from the IVP uh, Bible Background Commentary in the New Testament. Many people believe that light was emitted from the eye, enabling one to see, rather than light was emitted through the eye. Although here, Jesus compares the eye to a lamp. He speaks of diseased eyes, which fail to admit light. When one steps back into the cultural context of, of this week's saying, the meaning is rather simple. What you see when you look at others, it determines whether what is inside of you is light or dark. And the people two people can look at at the same person and see very different things based on what their eyes are trained to see. Uh, a fun literary example is found in Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories about Sherlock Holmes as a a private investigator. Sherlock's eyes and his powers of observation are well-trained to see much more than others around him see. And in our saying this week, Jesus is teaching his listeners about a specific power of observation that he desired his followers to become proficient in. And that's the ability to look at others uh, who share our world, uh, who who share this space with us through a lens of, of generosity. And so let's talk about that generosity. When you look at others, what do you see? Is it typically positive by default? Uh, Do you give people the benefit of a doubt? Do you assume the best about them? Or is your eye typically judgmental or or maybe critical or even condemnatory? Jesus spoke positively of having an eye that was single, generous, or healthy, and a healthy eye sees others generously. It's singular, too, in the sense that, that one is persistent, and generously extending the image of God to everyone that's, that, that one encounters. A person with a healthy eye remembers the truth in the Jewish story that, it, that, that an angel walks before each of us declaring, behold, the image of God. Being disrespectful or, or to humiliate anyone bearing that divine image is a denial in that person of the divine whose image they bear. These acts were were also seen as a defacement of the divine image. To lie about another person was to deny uh, the very existence of God. The school of Hillel in the first century taught that murder was both a, a civil violation and, and a sacrilege a sacrilege of that which was sacred. The Hebrew sacred text taught that when we shed human blood, the act is regarded as diminishing the corporate divine image within humanity. And in the Hebrew creation story found in the second chapter of Genesis, humanity begins with the whole of humanity in one person. And this was believed to have taught that the 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 taking of a human life is equivalent to annihilating the entire world and the opposite was held also to be true to to save uh, one life was to save the entire world and you might remember that line from from the ending scene of uh, of uh, the, the film Schindler's list this applied to to both slaves and non-jews as well and the jewish religion of the rabbis in the first century it became inseparable from the practice of the golden rule, especially toward 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 uh, um, others, and practicing the golden rule, uh, that that became the touchstone of one's religious worship of the divine. And this is listening for or, or seeing God in the other, according to Genesis. All persons bear the image of God, and you can find that in Genesis 9-6. And in the Christian New Testament, we find uh, this passage, Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen, uh, they cannot love God whom they have not seen. If every person bears the image of God then I'm called to see and to listen to God in you, whoever you are. And if we generously kept in mind the view that every person we meet bears the image of God, how different uh, might our world be? In addition to this, Matthew's context it builds on this generous view with a focus on economic generosity. Jesus's vision of a world where people take responsibility for taking care uh, uh, of each other. Uh, Jesus speaks literally of a of a single eye versus a bad or an evil one. A single eye it normally meant a generous eye. A bad eye in that culture could mean either a diseased one or a stingy one. And such eyes Became symbol a symbol for the worthlessness of a a stingy person. You can find that also from the IVP background uh, commentary of the New Testament. That's cross referencing the the notes on Matthew six twenty two through twenty three with Luke eleven. Uh, 34 through 36. And then Luke adds another statement to his emphasis on resources he, he or economics. A few passages later, Jesus states, Now then, you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also, but now is for what is inside you." Be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. In both of these Gospels, with Matthew and Luke, this saying refers to serving other people being generous towards other people. And again, Jesus' new wor- world it's defined primarily by people taking care of people. Later New Testament letters include these words in 1 John 3:17, we find if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? In addition, Jesus gener- his generosity it goes far beyond economic generosity. It also encompassed the, the whole person. The, the media plays a part in this for us. When when people of color today, especially men, are victims of police brutality, the media goes to work immediately. To to criminalize them so as to to bias how the rest of us see them, what we think, and what we feel when we look at them. And to for more information on this, I'm going to put a link to this article: how news networks criminalize black victims of police violence. You can check that out on our e site. But contrast this with how the media characterized Brock Turner, a, a, a rapist, and 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 he put the high they, the media put the highest possible spin on his character to the masses and. Just just this week, uh, Tanya Hesse Coates, uh, author of the article "My President Was Black," I'll put a link to that article too because that's just a great article. Uh, was interviewed on the Daily Show with Trevor Noah, and in the interview, Coates contrasts the the path it took for Obama to become president and the path Trump took to do that the 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 very same thing. And and I'll give a link to the whole interview also so you can go back and take advantage of that if you'd like. But but there's this one statement where where Coates states if I I have to jump six feet to get the same get to the same place uh, that you have to jump two feet for. That's how racism works. To be president, Obama had to be scholarly, intelligent, president of Harvard Law Review and the product of some of our greatest educational institutions capable of talking to two different worlds. Donald Trump had to be rich and white. That was it. That's the difference. And again, I'll put a link to the interview so you can see the whole thing. What we choose to see when we look at another person it should be more than skin deep. What, what we choose to see and, and what we choose to believe about a person, it will directly impact our thoughts, our feelings, our opinions, and our attitudes uh, towards them. And ultimately, it'll affect our behavior towards them. And this is possibly why in, in this week's saying, Jesus says that what we see in another determines whether we truly possess light instead of darkness. The very first thing we should choose to see and believe in each person that we encounter is that they are of inestimable worth simply because they are part of the human web. And, and, and this applies not to just individuals, but also the entire planet. As Oscar Romero taught, uh, we are not three worlds. He was speaking of first world, second world, third world. Uh, we are one world, he stated. In Jesus' worldview, God indiscriminately causes the sun to shine and the rain to fall. In Matthew 5.45, he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In Luke 6.35, it says he's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Jesus called his followers... To, to relate to genuine political and economic enemies with love that seeks to transform them from from oppressing uh, the lower classes. Uh, to standing in solidarity with them. And yet some white Christians today, they still discriminate against others based on their skin color. And some evangelical business owners uh, uh, discriminate in whom they, they bake cupcakes and pizzas for. If the sun shines on a person, if the rain falls on a person, we're called to see them as a bearer of the image of the divine, to look for God in them, regardless of how much we feel tempted to other them Instead, we're all connected to each other. And yes, we are different, and those differences should be seen and celebrated. Uh, but but we're still we're all still part of one another. And when we're in this together, when we fail uh, to celebrate each other, uh, when we choose to neglect, I think this basic step in how we are seeing others, it doesn't matter what we claim to be, whether a light bearer or reflector, the light we claim to possess. If we fail in this, that light is actually darkness. So with these thoughts in mind, let's contemplate our saying this week. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is generous, your whole body is radiant. But if your eye is jaundiced, your whole body is dark. So if the light within you is dark... How great must that darkness be? And again, that's Sayings, Gospel Q 11, 34 through 35. Heart group application this week. In the book that I wrote over a decade ago now, Finding the Father, I propose that that what a person believes about God determines how they think and feel towards God, especially in the context of the spiritual abuse that many theists within Christianity have suffered. And I propose that however we choose to, to see a God, ultimately affects how we choose to behave and what type of a person as a worshiper of that God we will become. But this week, and this is a decade later and I hope it shows some some growth, uh, this week I want to draw our heads out of the clouds for a moment and place our feet firmly on planet Earth. Apply this week's principles to how you relate to other people, what we choose to believe about others, what we choose to see when we look at another, it will determine our thoughts our feelings our attitudes our opinions and our behavior in relation to them and jesus taught that that one cannot live out indiscriminate justice uh, faith or love toward others without it impacting how one begins to perceive others. We start with the behavior simply listening with the to the experiences of those who are not like us. A, a Buddhist friend of mine introduced me to this saying, and I believe it teaches the same universal truth that we are, are seeing in the sayings of Jesus this week. This is Daily Wisdom, 365 Buddhist Inspirations. Uh, it says, Some people live closely guarded lives. Fearful of encountering something or someone that might shatter their insecure spiritual foundation. This attitude, however, is not the fault of the religion, but of their own limited understanding. True Dharma leads in the exact opposite direction. It enables one to integrate all the many diverse experiences of life into a meaningful and coherent whole, thereby banishing fear and insecurity completely. Jesus is saying this week it invites us to do the exact same thing, to integrate all the many. Diverse experiences of life into a meaningful and coherent whole. To be generous in in what we think and feel towards others, our, our opinions about others, our 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 our. our, our, our our attitudes towards others, and thereby banishing fear and insecurity completely. If the, Again, if the sun shines on them, if the rain falls on them, we have a mandate from the sayings of Jesus uh, to imitate Jesus as God as we interact with them. So number one this week, list ways that you can begin Uh, Making space in your life to listen to those who are different from yourself, especially those whom the present status quo doesn't benefit, people who aren't privileged by the way the world works. And if the sun and rain uh, are for all, prioritize listening to those whom society prevents the sun and rain from reaching. Try actual conversations where your posture is one of simply listening uh, follow people on twitter uh, listen listen to podcasts uh, read books by authors from a different walk through 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 life than your own and with number 2 with as much honesty as you can achieve contrast the way you now choose to negatively see some people and write the positive assumptions that you could choose Instead, and pay close attention to how these assumptions would affect how you think, feel, and relate to those people. And then, as a group, uh, begin making space for voices that are different. One of the ways that heart groups can, can do this well is by asking others to simply come and share their experience with the group. And I've been invited to go and share at a very warm and welcoming interfaith fellowship in my own hometown here. And heart groups can do the same thing. We can look for things that we have in common with others, uh, like the universal values of compassion and justice. And we could benefit from comparing and valuing our, our, our differences too, uh, viewing them in the light of, uh, of whatever intrinsic fruit those differences might bear. And what does it mean for you? this week to begin listening for and looking for God in the other. And wherever this finds you this week, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you've been journeying with us this past year in 2016. I'm looking forward to to where we go in 2017 and what we explore. And for now, just keep living in love, loving with the equity of the sun and the rain with a preferential option for those that are, are being prevented from accessing what is meant for all equally. And again, this will be our last East Sider podcast for 2016. We'll be back in two weeks. Have a happy holidays, and we here at Renewed Heart Ministries, we wish you a very happy new year. Remember, I love each one of you dearly. I won't see you next week, but I'll see you in 2017. once again for listening. Everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is done with the purpose of making these resources as free as possible. And to do so, we need the help of people like yourself. If you'd like to support the work of Renewed Heart Ministries, you can make a one-time gift or become one of our monthly contributors by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking on the Donate tab at the top right of the homepage. Or you can mail your contribution to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, 249. Make sure you also sign up for our free resources on our website and we have a monthly newsletter that we mail out and there's just much, much more. Remember, everything we do here at Renewed Heart Ministries is for free and every little bit helps and anything we receive over and above our annual budget, we happily pass on to other not-for-profits that are, are we feel are making both systemic and, and personal differences in the lives of those less privileged within our status quo. And for those already supporting our work. Again, thank you. Together, we are making a difference, making our world a safer, more just, more compassionate home for us all.